welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I am your Heart-Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman. So I hope every week when you guys tune in and you listen to the show that I'm charging you up. I'm getting you excited about becoming more heart-centered in your world, right? My world is sales. My guest today is is a CEO. So whatever that means to you, but I want you to really embrace that heart-centered kind of vibe because it's more needed now than ever in the world and especially, I think, in business. So hopefully you feel my passion and you're on this journey and mission with me to really change the word sales in one capacity from something icky, sleazy, and pushy really to one of love, care, and respect. So being heart-centered is where it starts. Also, if you're loving the show, really, really appreciate when you rate, review, and of course, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also, if you share with your peeps, that means so much to me. Um, I love being spread around and shared uh, to get the word out. So my motivational quote, let's start today like I usually do, is by the amazing Stephen Covey. And he says, an empowered organization is one in which individuals have the knowledge, skill, desire, and opportunity to personally succeed in a way that leads to collective organizational success. So I want you to really stop and think for a sec. sec. Would you call yourself a leader who empowers your folks or who micromanages? And do you trust that your people understand maybe what that organizational strategy is? And are they able to implement those strategies as well? And micromanaging can become really dangerous and really it's very ineffective. So many leaders, I think, have this fear of letting go of the control and doing this empowerment of their teams, right? So I'm beyond excited to share my amazing guest, Kevin Hancock. Um, This is the... He was on my Enlightenment of Change show twice, and this is his first debut with my new show, Heart-Centered Sales Leader, So, but it's the third time that I'm sharing Kevin with you guys. Um, now, Kevin is the CEO of Hancock Lumber. He's one of the oldest companies in America and six-time recipient of the Best Place to Work in Maine Award. In 2010, at the peak of the national housing and uh, mortgage market crisis, Kevin acquired a rare neurological vo- voice disorder called spasmodic dysophonia. Uh, when his own voice became weakened, he developed a whole new leadership style, based on strength, the strengthening the voices of others. So today we're really going to do a deep dive and, and talk to Kevin about his book, The Seventh Power, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership. And in his book, Kevin shares the philosophy, values, and strategies at Hancock Lumber Company that they've embraced on its journey towards becoming an employee-centric company, where leadership responsibility are broadly shared rather than power coming from the top down. So please help me welcome my wonderful guests, friends, and just an amazing man, Kevin, to the show. So Kevin, thanks for being on. Connie, hello again. It's so great to be back with you. I love being on your shows. Thanks for having me. I love having you. And Kevin and I have so much in common. And every time we do a show, we get off and we go, we have to do another one. (laughs) 
because we we have fun, but also Kevin, I th- I think we share some really great content and and just some strategies that people can you know implement immediately. So always a good time. Yes, agreed. I loved how you opened the show with with your thoughts about heart centered leadership and empowerment. I was taking notes while you were talking. I love that. <laughs> You're so cute. Well, last year um, with COVID, I was talking to a business coach and the person who helps me produce my show. And I was going to give, I was going to rebrand Enlightenment of Change to just heart-centered sales leader. And they both were like, eh, there's two sides to you. The Enlightenment of Change is all change-related, which is important, right? I could get a little more woo-woo on that side. And then they said, but then you have this business person, this business woman that's all about this movement of changing that sales to being something icky, right? To really coming from love and care and respect. They're like, you really need to do two shows. So you know me, I jump in the deep ends. I'm like, yeah, do two shows no no worries so I'm, I'm excited because this show the heart-centered sales leader and you being a heart-centered ceo it's just a beautiful platform for us to really uh give the listeners what what they need and i think strategies to help so i'm, I'm excited about that my first question kev you're now you're the ceo right it's one of the oldest family businesses in america not just in maine so to what do you owe the credit of just the, the whole company's longevity right it's kind of crazy our company goes back connie to 1848 so before the first cannonball was fired in the <sighs> civil war and i'm part of the sixth generation of my family to uh to work for the company so key number one to be a sixth generation company is you had to have started a really long time ago <laughs> so we've just been at this for a long time but beyond that you know i think long-term success and short-term success are really pretty similar it takes uh persistence it takes some luck along the way a lot of help good values and finally the willingness to change one of our company's favorite slogans or thoughts is always changing to remain the same so what's always changing is our best practices how we do what we do what remains the same is our core values that we bring to work about uh people and and the higher calling of of business and the good it can bring to the world i recorded a show uh prior to our show for enlightenment of change and for the other show and we were talking about just this that you know you have to change to remain the same but really at the end of it it's what are your values and as soon as we go if our values are off kilter you're not in the right job anymore well then you're not going to perform at your best and give that organization the best of you right whatever your genius is so it's exactly what you just said yeah persistence yes you've been around a long time but you've been around a long time i believe kevin and just knowing you and and through the couple of years that we've known each other getting to know you 
the values matter. And if you have those core values and you, you, I think you translate that further to that business model, I think, because it's human, right? Humans run the business. So we have to have that human component. I think the values are a big piece of business today and thus the heart centered sales leader shell, right? Yes, totally. And I think specifically with respect to values, if we were to say what kind of values, I think it's values that are that are meant to benefit everyone. You know, really a self-centered approach to, to business or sales is going to have short legs, but a service approach where the whole purpose of it is to add value to everybody who's connected to the company sure. to help everybody's life that can have long legs because that's a value that everyone can get behind everyone can benefit from and everyone can participate in yeah, I, I just had a meeting with a potential new client, and we were talking about he, he works for Community Bank out in the Midwest. And so as we were, ch he was introduced to me, and as we were chatting, I don't know what I said, and um, I says, well, how do you do business development? I, I ask questions because I feel like unless I understand who's in front of me, like I really can't give any vital recommendations. And he went through a couple of things. And I said, oh, I said, you want a quick hack? I could give you a real quick strategy and tip. He goes, oh, I'd love that. And he was very open. So I gave him like two or three quick little little tips for business development. And he looked at me and I said, oh, are you doing that already? Like I thought maybe this is like old news. I don't know, right? And it just always worked for me. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm old now, Kath, right? And he looked at me and he said, we really need you. And I said, what, like what? I was taken back. Not that wasn't the reaction I was expecting. And he said, no one's ever taught me that. And he's been in, 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 in banking for probably 15, 20 years. And I went, Oh, and just getting to know me, I'm hard centered. He said, we would resonate with you because you're not pushing the sale. And all of my recommendations were the people that know and love you go to them and say, Hey, how can we partner? How can we support each other? I said, give first and then ask, Hey, do you know any of these people? Can you introduce me? He was like, Oh my, like it was like what I was saying was something new, but here's the thing, Kevin, if people haven't been exposed to that new way of thinking or a simple idea, how do they know how to implement? and there's blind spots and that's why I love everything you're doing because I feel like you're no pun intended because I know you have the voice disorder but I feel like you're shouting from the from the mountaintop saying there's a better way for businesses to be in business and to become like ridiculously profitable right so I, I think that's important next question because you did a little bit of a shift and and I think you did it last year but your whole new website is the business of shared leadership.com versus kevinhancock.com why what like what change did the mission change why the change in that that kind of piece of branding yeah it was really about me staying on mission my whole approach is leaders need to make themselves smaller so that others around them can become bigger and I got looking at my website which was all about Kevin D. Hancock and I'm like that is just just 
totally the opposite of what I'm trying to do. We got to come up with a new name. I don't want my name on this website. I want the site to be about an idea. And that idea is sharing leadership, dispersing power, celebrating others, leaders shrinking. So I'm like, we have got to get my name off that website. <laughs> but it's, uh, its purpose is really to bring attention to the possibilities of this alternative approach, which is uh, to get away from bureaucracy, hierarchy, top-down command and control leadership to a very different model that just disperses power, engages everybody in sharing leadership responsibility, uh, and in which the traditional bosses make themselves uh, smaller. That's what the site's dedicated to, and it's filled with uh, resources and ideas and talks uh, towards that end. I love it, and, and you've been sending um, newsletters out too. So, And I just love reading them because... Clearly, clearly, you and I, we get along so well, I think, because at the core, philosophically, I think life, our personal life and our professional life, I think you and I come from that place of respect and care and empowerment. I just, I love that word, and I know it's overused to some extent. So I have to ask you a question. When you went to your team, and you're like, all right, the Kevin Hancock, we got to get rid of me, and we're going to shift. What did they, did they giggle? Because... You know, usually, usually CEOs are more egotistical. So for you right. to say, get rid of this, bring this new, what did they say to you? Oh, uh, they know me, of course. They were like, yes, of course, that's got to change. It doesn't make sense. The last thing we need on earth is one more CEO website where it's like, look at me, I'm a, I'm a CEO. That's Again, just totally opposite of what I'm trying to advance. It's counterintuitive, my friend. It's counterintuitive because I've made it to the CEO. Shouldn't people be screaming my name? And you're like, no, no, let's not do that. Let me scream your name. So I just love this whole this whole shift is just the coolest thing. And with COVID last year, you know, that that whole mindset of, of that pivot shift, you know, we keep using these words. But I think you live and breathe it before COVID even hit. You've been doing this, uh, pivoting your company. So I just love it. I just I love our conversation because of that all right so why do you think the timing is right for this type of approach of leadership and organizational excellence like why is it ripe right now yeah I'll go at that great question two ways first I'll go at it spiritually we are uh, in the Aquarian age and the Aquarian age is going to be all about dispersed power, all about honoring each individual as a sacred entity unto himself and herself. And so organizations need to rewire themselves to serve the individuals that belong to that organization. Employees don't exist to serve companies. Companies exist to serve employees, and if companies authentically serve employees, those employees will take amazing 
care of the company in return. So the company ends up thriving by not putting itself first. That's the counterintuitive part. Now, if someone wants more data around your question, as opposed to me talking about the Aquarian age, I would say this, just uh, Google Gallup polls on engagement in work at work in America. And what you will see today, statistically, under the uh, kind of traditional command and control model that still dominates is only about one in three American workers will describe themselves as engaged in work, meaning uh, two out of three people, their job's not meaningful to them. Globally, Connie, that number falls to 20 percent. 80% of people on earth will say their job is just an economic exercise. <sighs> and lots of people will look at the lost economic opportunity that comes by way of a lack of engagement. But what about the human side? What about spending decades at a job that doesn't enrich you? That's just in the 21st century. That's just not okay so to me it's all about resetting goals and the first goal is to make work meaningful for the people who do it i someone once said and i love this uh quote uh, employees will never love a company excuse me customers will never love a company unless employees do so it's really about starting with the employee experience and putting that first and trusting if you get that right everything else will will manifest there's so much that you said in that 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 those sentences right then that is just mind-blowing so you know two-thirds of the workforce right 66 almost 70 percent of the workforce in the u.s and 80 percent internationally are literally going through life like zombies it's soul crushing it's soul sucking to have to do something that you literally dislike. I'm not even going to use the word hate, but the word dislike. So that's tragic, right? And the simple fix, the simple fix is to switch that paradigm of I'm the boss, do what I say to let's let's empower and really let's shift that power, disperse the power to the employees who, oh, by the way, know their divisions. And I remember, I think, Kevin, it was in one of our first interviews when you first lost your voice and it was very painful. I don't know if it's still as painful as it was 10 years ago, but I remember you said the employees were coming to you because you were the CEO. They always came to you and they would ask questions. Literally, you couldn't talk and you would say, what do you think? And I, if I remember correctly, and you could say, tell me if I'm losing my mind and I dreamt this, but their answers, I think you said it was like, oh, that was, that was even better than what I was going to say. But because they're the expert in whatever the division they're running, they're the expert on procurement or, or fulfillment. You're not. So did I dream that or was that the truth? No, that's exactly how I got on this. And it's so true when you stop to consider it. Every uh, employee at our company knows their specific role better than anybody else does. And also in the modern age where everything has to happen so quickly, that old model of, of I have a question, wait, let me take it up the hill 
to the emperor or empress on the throne. It just doesn't work anymore. People need to be trusted to trust their own voice. And you guide that not by policy, but by values. You guide that by values. Yeah, well said. And yeah, picture the emperor on the on the. Th- Can you imagine if we had to run up and down the mountain every day? Nothing would get done with the speed of technology, right? So forget about right. that that way of of living. Um, another question for you. So on the website and in your book, you frequently reference um, what you describe as the higher calling of work. I think we've touched on that. Can we dig a little bit deeper because this is where we go from being zombies, I think, to really that engagement comes comes into play right yeah i think the highest calling of work is advancing humanity simply put that's the highest potential gift that work and free enterprise can bring but we've got to consciously focus on that goal because that's a very different goal than um, putting inventory turns first or a gross margin first. Not that those things aren't important. Of course they're important, but they're not the purpose, the high calling of being in business. I also think it's important to think about that highest purpose because most businesses get whatever they prioritize they do so the things that aren't happening within a company are simply not happening because they're not being prioritized so someone said kevin or connie wow that sounds lofty uh, to make the goal of my organization the advancement of humanity how do i do that my answer would be super simple just prioritize it And over the course of your day, see your company through that lens. These aren't employees, they're human beings. And a business has a lot of reach. It touches a lot of people. And to, to boil us down one step further, how is humanity advanced? It's advanced one human at a time. So where would we work on that with adults? We'd work on it where they hang out. Where do adults hang out? They hang out at work. So it really is either like spiritually or logically true that this is where humanity needs to do the work of uplifting itself, and it will have the great secondary benefit of making companies much more dynamic places. We talked a few minutes ago about engagement and the national average of uh, 33%. At our company now, it's almost 90%. 565 employees and 9 out of 10 confidentially through survey will define themselves as engaged and uh, and our corporate results have soared in um, conjunction with the employee experience soaring we're literally just riding their wings now and i just want to share because i'm with you right the spirituality and the you know good for humanity yes i do believe that with all my heart as well but i know everybody listening because this is a business 
platform, right? People are like, yeah, 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 it's all about the profit. I do want to share, and again, I, I think I've got this right, and I, I want to brag for a minute about you. I use Kevin a lot in my case studies and how we need to pivot and shift our perspective. So when, when you lost your voice, it was 2010, right, 2010? Correct. Yes. And if I remember correctly, again, people were coming to you and you're like, what do you think? And of course, they had these brilliant ideas and you were like, go forth and do what you think. Ten years since since 2010 to 2020, your business in that 10 years, Hancock Construction, did more than from 1848 to 2010. Did I get that correct? You did. And I... And I- only tell that story in the spirit you're bringing forth, which is for the idea of shared leadership. In that, we made a pivot towards employee experience first, employees as human beings first. Yeah. Everyone's going to lead. We made more money from t- 2010 to 2020 than we had made from 1848. Connie to 2009. Right? Mind blower. So here that I really wanted, I know, and that wasn't one of the, the things we wanted to talk about, but can I tell you, I use you and I use that story so frequently because when I meet leaders and they're like, well, you know, we can't do that. And I'm like, just listen to my story. You know, I have this friend and, 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 I, I think he wishes he could look back to 2009 and 10 said, yeah, I just had a brain blast. I knew I had a dispersed power. Didn't work that way, right? The universe cracked him upside his head and literally took his voice away, which is no joke. I'm not, I am not joking about that, yeah, Kevin, no, at all. Totally. But with that, that, that getting, you know, hit with a two by four shifted, forced you to shift everything, but it was the right move. And it was, and you, I do believe are the voice again. And I don't mean that in a jokingly way. I do believe you are the voice of what future leadership should be. And that's why I just love having you on the show. I loved reading your books, plural books, because Kevin's a tremendous writer, but that little piece of statistic for anybody that's, oh, these two are out of their mind or woo woos, you know, all of that nonsense. No, 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 no. The for me, the proof is in the pudding and the results are there exponentially from a financial standpoint. So, yeah, yeah I just... The, yeah, that's uh, what we've seen. And our safety director summed it up really well, Connie, I think, when he said to me one day, you know, why all this is so? It's simple. People support that which they help to create best practices, create policy, create systems, alignment gets tighter, our discipline got better. This is the thing I've got to keep trying to help people understand. When we gave everybody a voice, we became much more accurate, much more disciplined, much more committed to best practices. At first, as you say, I think people are like, well, if everyone can just do whatever they want, isn't that chaos? And the outcome is just the opposite. When people participate in decision-making, that's how you get buy-in. 
That's how you get alignment. That's how you get discipline. You get it voluntarily. You can never hold it through fear and terror and power. You can't win that way in the 21st century. Yeah. And, and, but you know what's so funny, Kevin? I bet if your ancestors did the same thing back in the 1800s, they probably would have even seen more profit, right? But it, it was a different time. And, and we could say that, you know, it was definitely a different time that they were just running the business. But I, I think that this whole uh, shift of mindset, and it really is a shift of mindset. I think that's where we have to start. I want to talk about the book, and I, I do want to hold it up, guys. It's a phenomenal book, The Seventh Power, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership, and that's what it looks like. Every leader out there listening, you, you really do need to read this book. But you dedicate a chapter to the idea of culture makes the difference. Why do you believe that culture is such a critical factor in the organizational success? And what specific types of cultural traits can you, again, I want to really dig in with the listeners today because I do believe it starts at the culture. Everything we've talked about is cultural. What, what are those traits that, that could become tangible? Great questions. Peter Drucker once said offhanded that culture eats strategy for breakfast, Connie. That's how powerful culture is. Now, I used to be a uh, history teacher, and I actually taught Russian and Soviet history. So let's do a historic cultural example. In uh, the final days of World War II, Germany got divided between East and West into two countries. Lots of young people might not even remember that today, but Germany was divided between East and West. The West was free, democratic, entrepreneurial, and the East ended up in the Soviet communist command control orbit. West Germany went on to become the economic, one of the economic engines of planet Earth, and East Germany hung on behind barbed wire, machine gun turrets, and guard dogs until it collapsed under its own weight. But what was the difference between the two Germanys? Think about it this way. It wasn't that randomly when that country was divided, all the quote-unquote best Germans were on the west side of a random line, and the less best Germans were on the east side. Both Germanys were filled with amazing people. So why could one side of that line soar while the other floundered? Culture, and specifically to your question, what kind of culture? One culture that, that pulls power to the center in a super exaggerated way, that communist approach, and one culture that disperses power to individuals. History will, will show this again and again. Look at North and South Korea today. The South Korean economy is like 40 times bigger than the North Korean economy, but it isn't because all the best Koreans are south of that line. Both countries are filled with amazing human beings. It's culture that makes the difference. And this is the responsibility leaders have to take. The culture you set is going to influence 
the lives and outcomes of everybody in your orbit. Culture is the differentiator. It is. It's so true. And you and I were both uh, published in the book, Engaging Experts. At, right. You were in the Engaging Experts as well. And it's yes. so funny that I wrote about the importance of a culture and I gave some strategies how to build that culture. Um, and, and this is exactly the point. And I love the, the um, East and West Germany and North South Korea because the pe- people are the same. And, and here's the other thing, too, Kevin. Maine and New Jersey, there's all there's good talent everywhere. It's the same. We talk a little different. I'm more Jersey, right? But. <laughs> <laughs> but the talent is the same and and businesses why does one business you know do better than another business in the same um you know the same category industry it it goes down to the culture and the leadership and if we can't if we do not start empowering and giving people a chance to thrive we're we're just i think we're sucking the life out of humans Here's the other thing, and then I want to do. I want to talk about your next book before we we sign out because we're we're really out of time. But I have so many more questions for you. I need to do a two hour show with you, Kevin. Uh, but the we need to give people the vision that what is possible, right? And I I think as leaders, that's our responsibility to let people know that they do have a voice, they do matter, and their zone of genius is appreciated and needed for my organization, your organization to thrive. The people matter. And I just think that that's not how leadership is handled, especially in the United States. And, And apparently, Globally, if only, you know, eight out of 10 people are disheartened at work, it's tragic. It's a tragic stat. So I, I'd like to fall on the 20%, right? The two out of 10 people, hopefully happy that work with me. And, and I know you feel the same 90% of your people. Your next book, 48 Whispers from Pine Ridge and the Northern Plains. It's going to be, re- it releases this June, right? June, 2021. Correct. Yeah. Tell us what we can expect from that. And does it kind of build on on what we're talking about and maybe just a little bit different spin? Because I haven't read yes, it, obviously. It does, uh, but really is more of a personal development uh, book of meditation. So the book contains 48 ideas that are all 248 words in length. They're super short, Connie. They're meant to be read just a matter of minutes, but then meditated on. I'm actually suggesting people read this book over the course of a year. One meditation a week for a year. Now, the connection is this uh, book is really about this one big idea. Change is created from within. Gandhi, become the change you wish to seek in the world. Joseph Campbell, we are the truth we seek to know. We live in such an externally uh, overwhelming world, particularly these days with COVID and so on. And we've got to retain the ability uh, to sit to be still, to reflect, and look inward. So the idea is simply this. Where is change created? It's created within you. The world changes when individuals change. Who's the only person you can change? Me. 
Right. And so this book, yeah, if I'm a leader, I would benefit from that. But my biggest wish from the book is if I'm a human, <laughs> I would benefit from that. It's, this book is really meant for all humanity and to encourage people to look inward and to see the amazing, awesome person that you are exactly as you are. Nothing has to change for you to be awesome. Yeah. And once you start, you cannot love uh, the world, bring love in the world until you bring it into your own soul. And I really love um, a lumber company CEO writing about this stuff. That's the other part of it that, <laughs> that um, I get a kick out of, but I also hope will help people see that, you know, this, this needs, this can come from everywhere and it can come from the plates of work to the point of your great mission with all that you do. I'm giggling because you know, you're a lumber company, like you're a lumberjack. That's what you are, Kevin. You're a lumberjack. And here I am. And I just crack up because this lumberjack is bringing us this, this powerful individualized meditation because everybody meditates differently, but having that really short passage so no one could say, oh, I'm too busy. Nonsense. If Kevin, who's running this major conglomerate, right, and, and me, not that I have a major conglomerate, but I'm running a pretty successful business here. If we can find the time to do these 248 words and just percolate on it, you never know the magic that's going to come from that. And that's, you know, you, you said it before, the ripple effect and I just, I feel like every one of us, every human, we impact people. We might not know how we're impacting people, right? So we're the pebble in the pond. What are those orbits? What is those concentric circles that come out from us in our orbit? What effect are we having on those around us? And, and I think a lot of times we'll never know. And sometimes it's even years later where people say, hey, do you remember and you don't know how that changed my life. I mean, that's happened to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 60 this year. And, and in that time span, you know, people I've met, you know, you see them years later and they'll say something, Kevin, I won't even remember. And I say, really? And they go, you have no idea how profound that was for me. And I think, wow, we go through our life talking and, you know, uh, engaging with, with other humans. Be careful because you, you have the power to strike someone down, but you also have the power to, to rise them up. And I, I just think that your books and you and what you're, again, the lumberjack with meditation, it just says it all for me. It says it all. <laughs> you know, I love what you just said, and I might quickly add to this. This book's really an invitation to serve yourself. Here is the other big idea. Uh, the, the book's trying to share. Done correctly, being selfish is selfless. If we, when we make ourselves strong and full of love, that is how we give to others. The whole idea mm -hmm. of draining yourself to serve others has sh a short lifespan. So mm -hmm. it's really about... If you put your wholeness first, you will magnify your ability to give to others. It's a me-centered yeah. gift to humanity. 
Yeah, well, it's just like when you fly and you're with the child, and if God forbid the the masks come down, the first thing they say is you have to put the mask on. Forget about the and your instinct is I right. got to save my kid. But if you're passed out, your kid's going to die. You need to be functioning to be able to support right those around you. In that case, save your kid. You know, Kevin, I honest to God, I, I we tease, but we always have fun when we we get together. I, I feel like. There's so much to talk about because, again, I just think from a values, philosophical, as business owners, um, you know, family values, all of those things, I think that we are, you know, lumberjack, Italian, you know, first generation Italian, (laughs) Czech from Jersey, and yet we're the same at the core, Kevin. I just feel like we're such a... um, we're the same, and I just love that. I love that about you, and I, I, I think that's why I enjoy having you on my show so much. Uh, by the way, Mister, I better get a copy of that book, and it better be signed like my other books. <laughs> yes, well, uh, I love being on your shows. I want everyone to know when you email and ask me, uh, I don't even read the email. I just say yes, Connie. I'm like, I don't care what we're going to talk about. Yes. I don't care what it is. Yes. I don't care what. Yes. Whatever you want to talk about, I will. I will talk about it with you. I really love your energy and the good you're bringing into the world for other so it matters uh thank you yeah oh and you know it's it's so it's uh, you know our calling my calling is this big mouth that i was given at birth and and i really hope that i use that superpower that i don't just talk at people i really hope that i i I hope i empower people for them to stop and think wait a minute i i can do that and if if i can help one person have that aha moment for themselves i'm you know that's my blessing for me right that's what i'm grateful for um everybody you need to check out and get on kevin's uh email list it's go to the business of shared easy to remember but i will put it in the show notes um his newsletter is amazing it's thought provoking and i really do hope and i want to go back in my notes here uh 48 whispers from from pine ridge and the northern plains and you'll understand that i'm sure in the book read his second book give me the name of the second book it's eluding me now kevin sure the seventh power one ceo's journey into the business of shared leadership no the pine ridge book the other book oh the first book first book. Uh, not for sale finding center in the land of crazy forest again another great read uh you know summer is coming right we're entering spring Woohoo! uh so summer is coming i'm telling you um good great reads for the summer and i'm i am expecting my book just signed book and i wanted signs by you mr john hancock it's right coming. kevin hancock it's coming yes <laughs> we'll do deal deal and always a pleasure having you thank you for just such a uh, just enlightening conversation sharing yourself so freely and just being you. I mean, you're like one of the coolest dudes I know, and I'm just so happy you're in my life. I really, really mean that from my heart. Yeah. Thanks so much, Connie. Yeah. I love being with you. Yeah, same here. And you guys, I hope you need a little more me in your life. Go to WhitmanAssos.com. Everything's there. I believe in one-stop shop. I try to make it easy-peasy for you to find me, connect with me, get my resources, books, whatever you need. Um, WhitmanAssos.com. Uh, check me out. And again, Kevin, thank you so much. I really hope everybody listening, I hope that you 
just one little tip maybe that Kevin and I explored today that you can implement immediately, whether it's in your life personally or in your leadership life, if you're a leader, um, start playing and experimenting and see the response and results you get. It's, it's really magnificent and you, you can change things a heck of a lot easier than I think we often think. Um, the implementation is, is usually pretty, pretty easy. Uh, Kevin, thank you again. Always a delight. And all of you, I hope you would join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that being a heart-centered, in my case, sales leader, in Kevin's case, just a heart-centered, powerful leader, um, you guys, we, we have to change the momentum and the trajectory of business. We have to come not only walk the walk, I'm talk the talk, we need to walk the walk of being heart-centered business owners, leaders, uh, career people. So I hope that um, you're enjoying the show, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the heart-centered sales leader podcast with me your heart centered and i'm going to say leader overall um on webtalkradio.net i wish you all an inspired week and i have to say i am truly blessed to have every one of you on this journey with me and i'm really blessed to have guests like kevin um come on the show and hopefully share their genius with you so that you embrace being that heart centered leader let's take on the world let's make it great and we could do it together so thanks for tuning in everybody thanks again kevin You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.